You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. down. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Cannabis Hangout. I'm Saab. And I'm Brandon. And today we have a very special guest, my friend Rachel. Rachel is such a badass. She's a lawyer, a cannabis en- cannabis enthusiast, and owner of Loud Consulting. And she just recently started Smith & Klubeck Law Firm. So guys, welcome Rachel. Thanks welcome. Thanks for having me on. Glad we're you're here. to be here. We're so happy to have you, Rachel. So we're just going to kind of ask Rachel a series of questions and just have a flow of a conversation. So we're just going to jump in and start with Rachel Tell us about your cannabis journey, like where it began, how long you've been smoking, when you started, and so on. Yeah, so um, I think like most of us in Oklahoma, um, I was smoking on the black market in college. (laughs) Um, We did not really, the girls that I hung out with did not really smoke marijuana in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I got to college, obviously that is something that most college kids experience. Um, Mm -hmm. And I didn't really get into it at the beginning due to the stigma behind Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And I was in the sorority life and that was just a yeah. huge no-no. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting pers- – sorry to cut you off. That's a really interesting perspective to have just because I, I can imagine that was a little bit like – that's not something like, you hear of. No, that's no, not no. really encur- – like cannabis using isn't encouraged. Mm-hmm. It's more like, oh, let's drink. Definitely. You know? And um, I have always kind of been a wild child though. So mm-hmm. like I – I mean even in my sorority days, like I, I – did what I wanted to do. Yep. I just didn't do it in the sorority house. Yeah. So, um, I began Love you for that. <laughs> smoking uh, my freshman year of college, um, but not heavily until about junior year. Um, my roommates and I smoked together and um, I had actually uh, wanted to be a sports agent whenever I was in college. And so that's why I wanted to go to law school. That's okay. cool. Um, but in law school, I learned that was not what I wanted to do. And yeah. I kind of picked up on family law and I took a, an externship in Las Vegas at the cool. top divorce oh, wow. firm. Oh, cool. So it was really fun. We did a lot of celebrity divorces and custody wow. battles and stuff. But, um, when I was there, it was when it turned wreck. Mm-hmm. Marijuana turned oh, that's recreational. Cool. What a time. I know. So, that's cool. So you've seen it happen wreck twice. Yes. That's dope. Yeah. So that was really cool. And, and I just remember joking with my dad, like, can you imagine if I was like a marijuana attorney or something? Like there's got to be some sort of law for you that. You planted that seed. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we never thought weed would make you money. You know? Yeah. No, straight up. Um, but the rumors were swirling about 788 in Oklahoma. Um, and so I started you know, learning about how other states did it and what it was going to look like in Oklahoma. And so whenever we passed, I was just ready. I was excited. That's so dope. (laughs) That's awesome to be so young and like be able to dive into what you're doing. It's so fast. Like especially being so young, because I feel like a lot of the big dogs doing it are old white men. They are, you know, but the funny thing is, is if anybody says they're a a cannabis law expert, they're wrong because Mm -hmm. it's only been, in Oklahoma for so long mm-hmm. and our laws have only been created here for so long. Yeah. That how would you know more than I know exactly. at your yeah. age? Exactly. You know, despite me being 28 years old and 58 years old, you're not going to know any more than I do. So yeah. it's been really fun because they're definitely uh, 
taken aback when they like actually see me. They they think that I, your I'm, client, I, yeah, <laughs> clients too. Yeah, yeah, clients are like, I'm not hiring a kid. But, yeah, uh, I think but that's it's, so cool. I'm sure you like know your shit so well that you probably just blow people's minds, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I, I, sometimes. Yeah, I like to think so, but mm-hmm. uh, that's so dope. Um, so. What's it like, you kind of hit on it, but just what's it like, what's it been like with just seeing cannabis being legalized in Oklahoma? Like, I know that you do family law as well, and then you do loud consulting, which we want you to tell us a little bit about that as well. But what's it just overall been like? I know it's probably been a whirlwind of like overwhelmingness, I'm sure at times and putting out fires like you, you have been, especially in a time like this, like what's that been like? It's bizarre because in a custody battle you know a couple years ago this using marijuana would have lost it for you yeah exactly popped positive on this mm-hmm. drug test so you are going to lose custody until you can test clean or something mm-hmm. like that so mm-hmm. in the family law realm like that is just completely different because everybody we know uses marijuana yeah. from that's pta a, mom mm-hmm. down to college kids that's relieving so, yeah. though to, for that to be happening and it is. for oh that to gosh. be an okay thing for you to pass on yeah and you know i don't i don't do criminal law but with all of the changes coming about with the commutations then mm-hmm. letting people out of prison the criminal reform on the recreational ballot i mean that is just so light years ahead of where we ever thought we would be that's so true um and i th- honestly we're the most progressive in the entire world i think so and too it's, which is crazy because middle of the belt yeah. bible belt oklahoma like that's so insane red state we're the first to call every election. I mean, it's just, it is very nuts to be in the middle of the Bible Belt and all these farmers went from from wheat to weed. That's crazy. You know? I love so that. True. I know, literally. That should be somebody's tagline, from wheat to weed. <laughs> wow. Yeah, somebody better give me props. I know, I know straight <laughs> up. Get the Instagram handle right yeah, now. Right now, right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I started loud consulting because legally um, attorneys are not supposed to advertise ethically as experts mm-hmm. unless they have an accreditation by the ABA. Okay. And there isn't one for cannabis, mm-hmm. obviously. So, and I don't even have one for family law. I, okay. I never got an accreditation for mm-hmm. that purpose. Um, so if somebody out there is saying, well, I'm a, a cannabis lawyer, it's like, that's borderline unethical. I don't love that. And yeah. that's why you'll see a lot of attorneys have separate consulting firms okay. where they operate under because it's kind of like a marketing loophole. Interesting. Mm. That's really cool. That's nice that you're still able to kind of do that and help people with what they need and give them that guidance. But yeah. And you know, a lot of people are actually confused when they call me, they think I can like help them with their plants. Yeah. And I, I'll tell everybody, oh, wow. I can kill a succulent. Interesting. Like yeah. I'm not the person to help you. Find out what nutrient is best for your plants. I wouldn't think yeah. you would be. No, I wouldn't either. It's kind of weird. <laughs> you would think, but uh, there's a lot of consultants out there. Yeah, that's so true. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I do business and advocacy and bit policy and law, but I don't. What I don't an attorney know. does, they don't yeah. like give you a play by play on how to grow yeah. your marijuana. No, definitely not. I, I'm the worst grow consultant in the world. Oh, so, what do you like? What What would you say like the most popular case is that you deal with? Partnership disputes. Okay, explain that. Um, either people do not paper up their deal that they have with their friend when they first got into business, or maybe they had a lawyer do it and their lawyer was bad, mm. or maybe their agreement just didn't fit their situation and it didn't touch on that subject. Um, but a lot of partnership disputes, a lot of deals were made on handshakes, and now a lot of you know, uh, friends, when money comes involved, they're, mm-hmm. not, they're not really friends anymore. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of egos. Yeah. I mean, Is it cannabis-related or just in general? 
Um, I would say a lot of it's money related. A lot of it is ego and mm-hmm. like, I grow the best. No, yep. I grow the best. Um, and just a lot of company drama. Yeah. yeah. I would think that most companies have disagreements. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think has been the most exciting thing about being in such a booming industry? Hmm. Probably the, the room for growth, because if you go to any of these conventions, it's not just like, here's the best pot. It is like, mm-hmm. here are the best pieces of equipment. Here's lights. Here are ancillary businesses mm-hmm. that may or may not pertain to cannabis, but necessarily don't deal with the product itself. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people that were in IT, they do software. Yep. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know of all people that this is exactly where you need to be. Yes. So for someone like me, you know, I was really intimidated because Mm -hmm. I'm not proper and, you know, I'm not preppy. And I just thought, oh man, being a lawyer, this is going to be real stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, even doing family law, like I just, I was good at it. I just didn't love it. Mm -hmm. Um, But being in this industry, I mean, I get to wear what I want to work. My clients and I can have meetings at 7 p.m. You know, they, Mm -hmm. they, we talk and they become friends and I just am more my authentic self. So that's pretty cool. That is is cool. Do you dress business professional? Like what do you do? Um, depends if I see clients or not. Mm-hmm. If I don't, then I will go in like high tops and jeans. But if I see clients, especially new clients, yeah. then I'll definitely dress at least business casual, if not formal. Yeah. Okay. That's dope. You probably have a suit and stuff. Huh? How old are you? Really? So cool, I just turned 28. 28. Okay. Just wanted everyone to know <laughs> our age so you can wrap. We should have said that in the beginning. I know. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Um. So as a woman, do you feel it's harder to leave an imprint or um, really pave your way through this industry it, and being on the law side of it? Yeah. Um. Uh, in front of old man judges, maybe. I always feel that. And I think yeah. every woman I know in the legal yes. field feels that. Um, in cannabis, I think I have a hard time. Um, in the beginning, I didn't set boundaries, I would say, well enough. Um, mm-hmm. But now I have boundaries in place that, you know, when someone contacts me, it's all about business. Mm-hmm. And maybe before because of my age or because I was a young woman mm-hmm. or whatever the reason, like they felt more free to like text me or yeah. Stuff, yeah. reach to me on Facebook. And mm-hmm. I just don't feel like they would have done that with like an old man. No. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. But usually, it's a vibe you give off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> usually uh, clients, um, they want a type of lawyer. You know, they're not coming mm-hmm. to me knowing that I'm an old white man. So it, it, I've had pretty good success rate on like hiring, I guess, if they're yeah. Like, that's dope I like that you just said I'm the type of lawyer like that's very true because I feel like when I, not that types. I've ever had to not that I've ever had to like go lawyer hunting but it's okay yeah, so I feel like you would okay. definitely be my type of lawyer no I mean like if I do I'm, I definitely know I'm who I'm hitting up but you know what I'm saying like oh man so to take a little bit of a turn um Oklahoma Chronic Magazine yeah what do you do with them so I'm a writer for them um and I also represent them Okay. So, um, how's that been? Like, what's like, what do you do? Like, yeah, to represent them and so a lot of, um, without like disclosing anything confidential, Mm -hmm. obviously, um, I essentially just protect their assets and their interests and stuff like that. I paper up all of their ownership and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, we're looking at expanding to franchising. So that's really cool. Looking at, you know, how we're going to do that and where we want to go and kind of business planning. And, um, it's been really fun. I know that 
the Oklahoma Chronic actually we're changing its name to just the Chronic. That's dope. So I it'll like be that. publishing company and stuff. Um, but nice. they're really great guys to work with. Um, so I'm I'm happy with my relationship with them. Yeah. That's cool. So Good. do you feel like you've kind of tapped into like a creative side to like yourself? Because I know like writing for me, I really have to get in a zone. Like it's not just yes. like oh let me hop on my computer and type <laughs> up a whole thing. You know, you really have to like be zoned in and use have a lot like, on your mind. Have a lot on your mind. Creativity, yeah. so much shit to say. Like. Do you find like you've tapped into a little bit of that of yourself? Yes. I try to keep it law related. Yeah. Um, but I also like, just to be full disclosure, feel like other lawyers will be judging my work. Yeah. So I also want to make sure that I'm really doing a good job and mm-hmm. explaining for the appropriate audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the word count gets hard sometimes whenever <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I have this deadline for work and yeah. I have this writing deadline. Yes. But um, it's been fun because yeah, I can talk about what I want, but I don't know. I try to keep it somewhat legal. Yeah. Yeah. I've read a couple. They're really dope. And you're good at explaining in a way where it sounds super professional, but somebody like me who doesn't understand law can still (laughs) like understand and be like, oh, okay, cool. Like I understand what she said, which is really dope. And I'm sure other people appreciate that too. Thank you. Um, So what are you most, what are you most passionate about in the industry? Like just in general, it could be people, it could be product, it could be, you know, What do you think that is? Hmm. I think for me personally and not just like what I hope for for the industry, like I think I want to just stay in this kind of be better, do Mm -hmm. better, make changes thing and that every client I take on that I'm doing good work for them, Mm -hmm. that it's not like I'm just aiming to get clients or aiming to get good clients. Mm -hmm. But if I take somebody on that I'm actually helping them and doing what I need to do because I don't know, like there are some weeks where just fires happen one Mm -hmm. after the other Mm -hmm. and you're trying to do your best, you know, but as a lawyer, you get paid to fix people's problems and worry about them and I worry about them constantly. So when I have happy clients, I'm happy. Yes. And I think a lot of lawyers like litigation. They like the fight Mm -hmm. and I'm the opposite. Like I don't want to fight. I want everybody to be good. Yeah. I don't want us to have to go to court. And Mm -hmm. I think all business partners should be even keeled, you Mm -hmm. know, so how can we keep that? And I think a lot of, yeah, like I said, a lot of lawyers like the fight. Are you wanting to expand out of, do you have any out of state clients for cannabis specifically? Like, are you wanting to expand out of state? I would love to expand out of state. I know that, um, you know, as a lawyer, like I'm bar licensed only in Oklahoma. Okay. So so, you have to get, okay. I didn't know that. So if I had to, like, if I wanted to practice in Nevada, I'd have Mm -hmm. to take the bar there. Um, but I could consult clients up until the point we needed to maybe file something in court. That's cool. So yeah, I have one client in Nevada, Uh one couple in California and that's then cool. one in Colorado. Oh, wow. So yeah, you are branching out there. Good yeah, for you, Rachel. Bit, that's yeah. really freaking cool. And it's cool to tap into other cannabis industries and just learn. I feel like if anything, if like nothing else that really helps you be better on this end because you're like, okay, well shit, now I have to go to their stuff and learn all their laws. Yeah. And then, then you're like, oh, okay, cool. Well, this is like, and then it just, I feel like it helps with Oklahoma. Makes you better though. Yeah, it just so. makes you better and all and just like super just on top and ready to go. So watch out you white men. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Quebec is coming through. <laughs> well, you definitely hope to look at other laws and hope that Oklahoma have either learned or adopted some of them, mm-hmm. but that's obviously not the case for nope. Oklahoma in a lot yeah. of instances. So it really has been stressful trying to stay on top of all of the regulations because I'm, I'm sure as most listeners know it's not just OMA and it's mm-hmm. not just the state law yeah. it's OB and DD it's the Department of Agriculture mm-hmm. I mean it is 
OSDH, it is all your local municipality stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just a lot more to it and all of those are constantly changing. Mm-hmm. So in order to get all of that down, like, I, I mean, it's been pretty... I can only imagine doing it all the time. Yeah. Well, I can only imagine, I mean, on the dispensary side, like our owners are constantly like reading the bill and then rereading the bill and then reading it another five times. Asking their lawyers questions, I'm sure. Exactly. And, but there's so much loose ends that it's like in where, let's say for example, packaging is supposed to be, it doesn't say that you can't do clear packaging, but then you go down to like a whole nother like part of the bill and it's like, Oh, you're packaging it very, very vaguely too. what does opaque mean? Yeah. Like it's kind of blurry, but you can't really see it, but you can kind of see it. So. And what is child resistant? How old is the child? Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. is it a minor where they're under 18? Because a 17 year old's going to be able to get in anything. Yeah. Yeah, Because they're a a minor. Yeah. Yeah. That's. So is it a child under the age of six? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, is it, these things, you know, are just kind of vague and that's also a problem is, you know, a lot of clients will come to me with these questions right. and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't have like it an should answer. be in this bill. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, let's hope we're, we're not the ones to have to navigate it when the time comes. Yeah. Because that's just, I'm sorry to tell you. And then that's just one thing that's problem with Oklahoma right now is the waste disposal. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, I have heard there's been a, like a lot of kind of back and forth with that and there's a couple people wanting to do it or have started doing it but it's just legally I don't really understand but I know it's been an issue yeah well you know as of July 1st they're requiring that everybody test Mm -hmm. well test has samples that they're going to need to get rid of Mm -hmm. Um, and then you know dispensaries and processors and growers alike will have stuff that they need to get to dispose of Mm -hmm. um, and they have to do it through a licensed facility. Well, there's only up to 10 licenses for the first year. I think only seven have been given out. Oh, wow. Um, And you have to have a DEQ permit or some exception to it in order to get an OMMA license. Okay. So they, OMMA or whoever it was, the state never talked with DEQ. So, I mean, I was in their office last year before waste licenses were ever a thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how do I get a DEQ permit? And they were like, we don't know. We've never had this issue. And I'm like, well, maybe I've got an incinerator I want a permit. How do I do that? And they're like, we don't know. We don't want to license medical marijuana stuff. That's So, you know, it's so frustrating. You know, now they're giving it out, but it's like, are people that get the licenses even complying with environmental standards because yeah. they don't have any. Yeah, that's so true. That's so, crazy. you know, I know in the beginning before any of this was a thing, OMMA and OBNDD were having people go out and say, go bury it in your backyard. We don't know what to do with it. <laughs> what? Bury that's cartridges? Crazy. Like, I, I mean, of course I'm not going to do that. Oh, no. And as Hell a dispensary no. owner, you know, if you're packaging it and throwing it in your even locked dumpster, mm-hmm. there was someone, I think it was Bethany or Broken Arrow, some B-town where um, vagrants got in and they dragged it all over the property and cops got involved, you know? And it's like, well, am I subjecting my license (laughs) because these people are going through it and I don't know how to get rid of it. Yeah, what do I do with it? So, I mean, there's just so many gray areas that like are costing people so much money. um, See, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's it's really cool that we're a, you know, just like a free range, (laughs) but it's also like for the people on the back end of it, it's like, fuck. Yeah. It sucks. It's very frustrating. And I have to say it sucks for me, sometimes dealing with these agency people really? yeah. because they just don't know. And I'm trying to make them know for us because mm-hmm. we are not the ones that should have the answers. Yeah. Um, but they can't tell me what they don't know. Yeah. That's so insane to me. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you just blew my mind. I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, Right. What would you say is in your industry specifically, what is the biggest misconception 
of cannabis that you deal with that you personally think in the legal community i've realized a lot of backlash because um and i would say it's from mostly conservative lawyers Mm -hmm. um that you know it's still federally illegal and Mm -hmm. how are you going to advise people if it's federally illegal still and my answer is is how are states going to make it legal and then not let lawyers (laughs) advise their clients on how to read the law i think that's unethical yeah you know and i am federally bar licensed Mm -hmm. and i would love for the federal bar to come and try and take that license from me for helping do that because Mm -hmm. i think that would set a huge precedent oh yeah but they're not going to do that they're not worried Mm -hmm. about that right they're just not and i am advising people on Mm -hmm. this is the federal law that you are breaking, mm-hmm. you know, and especially in regards to handguns, you know, can I, well, everyone says it's permitless carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's still gun laws that you have to abide by. Yeah. So, you know, we, but you're supposed to actually give up your patient license when you get a handgun license. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So, I mean, it's a tricky area. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like they're not really enforcing that stuff. Are they, you know, cops are. Yeah. That's crazy. I feel like that's like you should just be put on some sort of list if you have one or the other and then be like, okay, like little red flag and then you have to go talk to the state and then if you want to want to switch, like you have to go through a process. Yeah. Well, it's like obviously our patient license information is protected by HIPAA. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. we don't want it posted on a list anyway. That's true. That's and, true. But it's also like you can't if you can't get a handgun license mm-hmm. here and know somebody's mental health background check, you know, yeah. I also don't support that yeah Yeah, absolutely i feel that dang that's crazy so as a patient like take Mm -hmm. law aside as a patient what do you find to be frustrating in our market as like just products or taking the legality out of it completely yeah all of the crossbred strains yes i cannot (laughs) stand it like i just i mean i get it i believe me i get it and like i support all my clients that do Mm -hmm. it like i realize it but as a patient i'm like i don't know what that is like can you just can you give me a heavy indica (laughs) i'm like i don't just the og bubba kush or something like that like you know i love a northern lights like i do love like old strains Mm -hmm. known strains are great Mm -hmm. but god i can't stand that everyone in their grandma has a new like strain that two different names put together then you have to get on leafly and like look up what that one says hopefully it's on look at that yeah, yeah that's the thing I that's what I don't like is like people have crossed some really good strains but like the ones where now people are just kind of going crazy and it's not on leafly and they're like oh it does this but then it really like the terpene profile is mm-hmm. like the complete opposite and it actually in fact doesn't do that yeah, yeah when I try to type something in I don't find it I'm like what why know, is it like, not on here what <laughs> I know it makes you kind of think out. yeah for sure <laughs> yeah but that's just another thing you know in our industry too is well I've got the best grower Okay, man. Yeah, I mean, I've had a thousand people walk in my office and say the same thing. So I, let's let's grow. Yeah, let's. That's the thing is like it should just be like let's just all grow together. Like it's one beautiful plant that's in comes in so many yeah. different faces and scents and names and just let's just all fucking make money. But cannabis is like money grows on trees. Yeah. Which, so yeah. everybody does get greedy, you know, like mm-hmm. it's crazy because there's so much money to go around. It's not like and one so many different or two avenues. People. Yeah, and there's so many different like. markets of people like you have the working moms and then you have the dads and then you have the you know the athletes and then you You have have the minor yeah there's so many different different people it's crazy but i would think you know from my experience like it's the middle-aged 
dude and middle-aged mom with young kids. I mean, everybody knows that the college kids are probably partaking. Everyone knows 30 Mm -hmm. and under, we probably were too. But like, it really is young it really parents is. Mm-hmm. that are the major users. Oh yeah, absolutely. Even just lately with the, all this Corona stuff, like we've had so many more moms being like, <laughs> I need it. Saba, I'm just losing my mind at home. <laughs> I just need something. And I'm like, don't worry, I got you. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy how much of a spike, even like being downtown. I know a lot of people that work downtown want discretion and don't want right. their employer to know that they have a med card, blah, 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 whatever. But a lot of, I feel like, I mean, our patient like age varies, but I feel like a lot of it's like older business people who are really stressed out or have kids. And it's just like, it really takes the edge off. And there's a lot of my patients who are older patients that love getting like, they're like, oh, I wake up and I pop an edible. That's the first thing I do. And I'm like, holy shit, I would have never guessed. Literally would have never guessed. Because they come in so straight edge, like suited up. And I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, What's going on? So but, but I would say so half cool. the people at the courthouse are probably like Yeah, that. but it's so cool that it's like that because it's like cannabis is for everyone. Like it's community. Mm-hmm. Cannabis yeah. is community. It's dope. Um, so what's something you hope to change or improve in Oklahoma with in, within cannabis? Mm, probably all of the fraud between business partners and, and even lawyers, um, you know, professionals that tout themselves as experts. I just think, you know, don't prey on people. Um, you know, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of mom and pops out there that put their life savings into their dispensary Mm -hmm. and for you to take advantage of their situation, um, and take their money or whatever it may be. Um, you know, I just, I hope that we can kind of weed out, Pun intended. Um, you know the bad lawyers and yeah. you know the the people in the industry. I think will come to light that don't have best interest at heart. Yeah, I feel that very heavily. That's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Rachel, do you have anything else for us before we close? Um, I don't think so. I just I'm thankful that you guys had me on. I We're so podcast. hyped to have you on. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being on. <laughs> yeah, thanks for taking time out of your day to Anytime. spend it with us. <laughs> yes. Well, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Cannabis Hangout and stay tuned for next week's episode. Stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.